Hi, my name is Chris, and I am an addict alcoholic. Hi, Chris. Um, I am Kim, and I am married to an addict alcoholic. Hi, Kim. Uh, today we were going to um answer questions, and maybe we will at the end. Um, days like this are are super hard because. I remember like when I would feel hopeless um, that married so well with being intoxicated. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, the right song, the right amount of booze, it just, and, and we, we're, you know, cut from the same cloth in that, when we're sad, we don't just be sad. There's sad music. There's sad colors. There's things that like have always gone along with depression for us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So we'll start out with, um, uh, somebody that I was in treatment with, uh, died in a, pretty horrific way mm. um i don't want to go like super into detail about it um but suffice it to say cocaine booze and paranoia are i think the worst possible combination yeah um when and we've talked about it before on here in that just because you're sober, it doesn't mean that everything's okay on the outside. Um, for a lot of people, they have court hearings, they have, you know, Legal there's divorce, there's, yeah. there's all kinds of, I got very, very lucky to have the support system that I have. Um, because with the, the way that things could have gone, you know, with any other person, I very well could have just been somebody that went to a shitty treatment center or just t been told to go to AA meetings and then maybe I can see my kids. You know, there's that happens all the time. There's it feels like there's basically three people left that you went to treatment with. Yeah. Of like that are still like. I hate to say thriving, but like surviving is a better word for it. That are, it feels like we're in the trenches and the place that we're trying to get to, we, people just keep dropping off and none of them in like clean ways. It's very, very rough. And it goes back to kind of what, the, the person that I had grown really close to in there, the kind of the, the fear that we had was like, what's the, what's the point if, if everybody around us is just going to keep dropping? <clears throat> well, to be th that person, if they relapse to show them that you can, you know, to be that person there for them. Or if you mean like people passing away. Yeah. Well, I, I mean people passing away, people relapsing. Yeah. And, and because um, 
it's 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 the same way that somebody who smokes cigarettes and they know that you're trying to quit and so they they just look at you as like a better person and they just say don't don't fall back into what there's no hope for me is basically what they say like even though they're they're smoking like crazy like there's so many addicts that are like that that they just accept that this is going to be them and they'll stay connected with sober people I think one, because they, they, they wish that they had that. Um, and the other is that, I mean, we're the only people that know what they're going through. Yeah. And then, um, I was very close. Um, Alex and I have been talking about going back to, to Mike's and, um, today somebody got called out finally for the garbage human being that they are, which felt really, really good because they no longer get to run the mic that they helped build. And, um, people don't have to feel unsafe uh, when he's around. Yeah. Um, and, and that was led by women that was led by the people who had been affected by him, which is super empowering to see our friend Mackenzie literally made the comedy scene safer. Yeah. Just by, I mean, I did not just by being brave, but by being brave somehow finding that strength to be able to come out and say that stuff because I personally was told by people who had been victimized by him to not say anything because he's just too big. He's got a role of power. Yeah. Yeah. And by saying you can't say anything because nothing's going to happen to that person, which is awful. And now we're starting to see people kind of going down in the comedy world because of behaviors and inappropriate behaviors and, which it shouldn't be okay. People shouldn't have to be silenced. Yeah. There's this, I, I keep trying to understand it. Um, I don't know, man. The comedy scene's interesting because if some male talked to you like that in a regular workplace, they would be gone. And I've seen it. it they're gone. Or, like Johnny Crutches, you get exonerated and amplified. So that's why you have people who make it seem like it's nothing because that's the only way they seem to know how to survive this fucked up thing. The fucked up thing happened. That person does better now and gets more attention. And these women are, are made to, to like, I just, it makes me so angry that there's like, I, this, this whole fucking thing, man. So with Delia, obviously that was fucking heartbreaking. Alex and I love that guy. Yeah. Um, and the, there's information coming out now um, that some of the girls uh, might have embellished their stories 
And when that happens, that then now means that anybody else, the dozens of women that made claims against him, will now lose their legitimacy. If you can show that one person wasn't telling the truth, now, therefore, this person is back to having everything that they ever wanted. I mean, it started, when was that? When the fuck did I go over to Alex's? Was that Tuesday? Yeah. 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 Yep. Tuesday. When we hung out with all those, when I hung out with all those comics. Um, and by the end of like, we had a great time. It was really nice to see them. I went into a restaurant. People are having beers around me. It didn't phase me at all. Um, not any of those guys, but like, just, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, first time I've been in a restaurant since February. Yeah. So that's pretty wild. Maybe um, even longer than that. Cause you were... see, I thought that too, but Alex met us at Perkins. Okay. And I had totally forgotten about that, but, um, yeah, I was right there with you. I was thinking the same thing, but then by the end of it, we all started to remember how many terrible people there are in the scene in the world in general. I mean, we were, we were literally talking about the, the person that, that got called out, uh, Corey, the guy that no longer has his post. Um, we were literally talking about him the night before. Um, and we were talking about other people. And this is the other thing that I, I can't wrap my head around. Um, there are people that were sharing Mackenzie's posts who other female comics have told me about those people mm. and, and that the, the, pe the people that I was hanging out with, that they were talking about the things that those guys have done. I don't get how, how do you not just cower? Right? Like, yeah. is it the, the hidden in plain sight thing? Like what, what the fuck is going through these people's heads that, they think like just because it, it's trendy to support women and that now that all these other comics are calling this person out now it's okay. The thing is, I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. I, and it hurts. It was, easy to not like Corey. It's easy to not like Johnny Crutches. It's easy to distance myself from somebody like Delia. But a uh, friend, all of this stuff happened today. Corey, the, it started last night, but like it really steamrolled into today. Finding out that this individual passed away, like just before I clocked out of work, and maybe an hour after I got home, uh, finding out that somebody that I care about a lot um, is being accused of something pretty heinous towards another woman. And 
like I said, it's, it was, it was easy to not like to distance myself from these other people. But now I'm, it's very hard to wrap. I've never had somebody close to me be, be accused of, uh, sexual assault before. Um, and I've never understood the people who say, you know, like due process is important and where are all the facts and this and that, because it's, it seems so obvious in the majority of these cases, but I'm, I'm like completely torn by the accusations and the person that I know. It feels very, I don't know. It's, it's super hard to, to process. And it's just, is it someone I know? Yeah. Do you feel like it's, I don't know. Affecting your sobriety. Like, do you feel in these moments, this is when you would want to be drinking? Uh, th- that's what I was saying at the beginning is like this. I yeah. remember this feeling. I remember this. Yeah. I feel like too, our emotions too, is when you're not drinking everything. I mean, when you were kind of becoming sober, everything's amplified. I think that lasts for a long time. Cause I feel like everything is a little amp- amplified in how we feel about things that go on. Because, you know, with substances, you can numb it down at least a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Or it just feels like it makes sense. I'm sad, so of course I'm going to get drunk to really, like, um, uh, amplify that that feeling. To, yeah. like, to have to, for some reason, to have to feel all every sad particle that is associated with whatever you're going through. I don't know, because I think liquor makes it so you can't drive. Mm-hmm. So you're committing to being depressed. Yeah, and it's a depressant, so it may, yeah, yeah. And maybe that's it too. You you're not feeling the way that you think you should be, and so drinking is going to get you there. Yeah, I think that's kind of what that fe- this feels like too. Is like. I, if, if I didn't know them and I heard the things that I heard, I know what I would do and I know how I would react. And so it's hard to be so close to somebody and like I'm, I'm very like conflicted and I just feel hypocritical, especially since today I was like fucking good. I'm glad that this happened to Corey because now I can freak the fuck out again about Johnny crutches and hope that, you know, he is scared to go anywhere, but no, 
the person that you're talking to. And I, I guess I don't know who you're talking about. So, Yeah. I mean, I, and I guess I was confused, like, like Brian Callen and Brendan Schaub. I showed you that, right? Mm-hmm. Brian Callen was saying, I, I hope and I pray that this isn't true. And that's all that he could do. You want there to be like some magical, like in court cases, like in movies, like people imagine like calling a surprise witness to the stand and then they shed light on the whole fucking thing. And then the whole case changes around, you know what I mean? Like that dynamic, like it feels like I'm, I'm wanting that to happen. because we've seen people try to take this individual down before. And so the initial reaction is like, is this somebody again, like just trying to make them sound bad? Like, is it just that? (sighs) Or is the worst fucking thing ever happening? I don't know what you do. Well, let's go back to you feeling like a hypocrite because of calling people out. And now this is happening to someone you're close to. Like last night I wanted to, or yesterday I wanted to post on that person, that female's post. Like, yeah, women need to start calling all these fuckers out. The end. They need to all be called out because this this isn't okay. I never press charges against the person who assaulted me. I have not talked about that person, said their name, done anything. Could I call them out on social media right now and ruin their entire life? I could, and I'm I'm not going to do it because I'm scared. So what a hypocrite I am for wanting to say, all you girls, let's call these people out, and but I'm not going to do it. I think it goes back to the, like, watching, watching it not work is so disheartening. It's yeah. so fucking heartbreaking to watch people divulge the worst fucking thing that ever happened to them in the hopes that it doesn't happen to somebody else. Well, and like, and then that person becomes empowered afterwards. And I think this person heard from other people. It was happening to other people, you know, the harassment. So this, or she was hearing from multiple other women that it was happening and she, no, you talking about Mackenzie. Yeah. No, she did this on her own first. No, I know. But then she, yeah, she was hearing about it all. Oh, 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 I see what you're saying. Like yeah. to keep the ball rolling. Yeah, yeah. 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 So definitely feeling like a hypocrite over here too. Cause in my head, what happened was so far long ago. I don't even want to bring it up and I don't want to blast somebody. And I don't want like, cause I don't know what's going on with that person where they're at, what's going on in their life. Cause I, so then I feel like, yeah, I'm very hypocritical too. Have you talked to this person that is being accused? Yeah. You are dead tonight. Yep. And what did, how did they respond? They were terrified. Um, they did their best to tell me their side of the story. And um, Is it someone you talk to pretty fairly often? As much as any of the other people, I guess. Um, but they, there's a gap of time that they don't remember. And that's like the worst part is that they don't they don't know they don't like they they know as much as they've been told and what they were told initially is not what's being broadcasted now so it's 
it's super, 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 super awful because if you, if you did do a thing that you have no memory of, that's, you still did it, which is, I know yeah. that's the, sh- that's the, sca- the worst the part. The worst part. I feel like being in that mind of the person that doesn't remember it or blacked out. What a terrible feeling of blacking out and not remembering something like that. And then you feel terrible in multiple ways because you don't remember doing that and would hope that you wouldn't do something like that. Yeah. But you also can't say that it didn't happen because you weren't in your right state of mind, which is sad too. Man, so here's the other thing. When somebody, when something has happened a long time ago and someone um, is pushed to come forward, the amount of trauma that that kicks up and you're crossing your fingers that it does some good, there's the guilt of who knows if that person turned their life around, which honestly, who fucking cares if that, if they turn their life around, I don't give a fuck. Um, but the trauma that you have to go through, yeah, it's not as easy as just saying, Hey, guess what? This happened. Whoof. Glad I got that off my chest. It's not like that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the real reason why people wait so long. Like there are people who like can't live their lives and it either destroys them or they just, they can't do anything but have to confess. I hate to say it like that, but like to, t- to tell somebody what happened to them because they can't make sense of their own life anymore. Yeah. To, to roll the dice on encouraging somebody to, to take that road I don't know, man, this, it's so much more complicated than it just being about guys or it just being about women. It's way more than that. Yeah. You're talking about the human psyche and how unbelievably fragile it is and how a, like an, an act of three minutes can destroy everything that made you who you were. And obviously people who survive that and are, I don't want to say stronger people for it because you're just, you survived. I don't know, man. It's all, I'm very confused. Yeah. When you heard about Delia, what did you feel? anger did it remind you of anybody that you would spoke to when you were younger in that way so i wish i still remembered what email account this was and i um well i've never told anyone about this um so i used to go in chat rooms and i met an older guy and i was probably 15 at the time i was young I may have been 16 and this older gentleman was an English teacher in the cities. I can't remember what school and he would send me very inappropriate emails, like very descriptive, inappropriate emails um, through chat, you know, with the chat and whatever. Yeah. And yeah, it was awful. I very much grooming 
Yeah. Yeah. Did you tell anybody about it like when it was happening? No. Nope. I thought of it after I heard this Dalia stuff. I'm like, yeah. I wonder, and I know I won't remember my password to that, whatever. I thought about going, trying to go into all my email accounts and figuring out who it was. Because mm. thinking now, I could have easily, he could have easily been fired. He was in his 20s. I was, had to have been 15. Because, you know, I was in chat rooms and I was very naive didn't you know someone older was paying me attention making comments and sent me really really disgusting stuff um but i mean i I don't being a young girl too like it happened a lot i i knew like because we were going to record uh last week some night after this delia stuff it broke and for some reason i just knew i hate that it's that common. I knew that if I asked that you would have an example because there's so many people that because it's behind a keyboard, there's like this detachment from it. Mm-hmm. And so saying whatever the fuck they want to anybody of any age, it, d- it doesn't matter to them. Yeah. And that, that time you didn't speak out and say anything. Yeah. And I'm not saying it just happens to females. 100% happens to males, too. Sure, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was that's one thing that they're t- talking about with the comedy stories. Mitzi Shore would, would make comics sleep with her, and that would get them stage time. Like, yeah, it's, it's people of power. Power. Or people who feel like they lack power, and so they find it in these vulnerable almost vulnerable people yeah seemingly vulnerable um and i'm not saying like vulnerable like i'm weak and all that but in comparison to their power they They, have a power they see they see their window of opportunity into this person's blind spot and then that's when they take advantage so you don't have to be gullible or anything like that and i now i remember i was i was still 15 because it was after um i was assaulted because i was very felt very poorly about myself so and yeah it's a sad world right now man. it's so fucking yeah i hate it yeah you want to try and answer some questions yeah sure okay uh first and foremost all my love i have a question i would be interested in having answered on the show how has quarantine impacted your desire to stay sober? Has it been easier or harder? Have you found anything that has helped? I mean, I've kind of, kind of answered it like just in conversation, but um, not like directly, I guess. Mm-hmm. Initially, quarantine was a huge help in sobriety. Yeah. Like it just distracted my brain from so no open mics that's where a lot of the drinking ha- yeah, is i mean because there are bars breweries and all that For um sure. no one was having any special events like 30th birthday parties or whatever at bars or anything like that no weddings well not just that like it just it there was something more important that's and, true and, so and our focus was on something my, else my yeah. brain to like to remember like so it allowed my brain to remember what it felt like to be focused on like what's important mm-hmm. and, and 
Um, so in that sense, like it was, it was huge help. Um, what was the other part of it? Uh, has it been easier? Or yeah. Or anything that has helped. Um, the obviously doing this, this is the biggest help. Mm-hmm. Being able to record these things, um, it's a huge fucking help. Yeah, it. There's a lot of like things that I. I don't know. Would like bat around, but wouldn't really come to fully realize until we started recording. And you can hear it kind of in the earlier episodes where I talk like way slower and it's really because I'm like realizing shit as it's happening. Yeah. Even with Anna, uh, we recorded with earlier. Um, I like, there was a realization that like I had, for some reason I had this idea that everybody that I was friends with was like as codependent as I was, but it was me the whole time. Yeah. And I was like my codependency started um, basically when we moved here, like I felt like very alone and like I I'd never addressed that before. Mm-hmm. So this doing this helps a ton. It's a lot to fucking work on. Like, but I, I, I'm so happy to let this like be such a big part of our It's your life. treatment. If you, if you put in, if you think about the time you'd be spending going to a or therapy, in your hair. what? Did I get it? I mean, it was pretty tiny. So, um, sorry, ant emergency. The the times you would spend um, going to AA or going to therapy during a week and all those kinds of yeah. things. If you think about it, it's the time you take to record. That's what it is, dude. Knowing that I have a support group in my house Mm -hmm. that's huge feeling like i had i like literally have an aa meeting in my house that's like inches away that's 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 fucking huge it is yeah sorry that just kind of like made me realize how to word that yeah any other questions yeah did you go through a period of anxiety where every time christopher was late you would panic that he was relapsing how when did that go away no yeah i kind of figured yeah no even when you were out with the guys the other night and you were late coming home i had no concern that you were drinking zero at the wedding no concern that you were drinking there when you are out doing things you i mean you went to meet up with some of your treatment friends at one time and then um no I know, it, and it's weird because I used to be one of those people that if you did something and it caused me a lot of hurt, I would be anxious about it forever and I would not trust. Sure. But I think it's very, very important. If someone's in, like, if they're in recovery, if you don't trust them, that's, they don't, you don't help them develop their confidence in the fact that they can remain sober. Yeah. If you're constantly on them and, making them feel like they're doing something wrong all the time that that destroys someone's confidence level. Um, but I don't even need to tell myself like in my head, like, come on, you know, he's not doing it. Cause I'm just like, and if you, if it got to the point where you relapsed, then we would deal with it then. But I have no concern that you are, I have none. I don't know. It's, it's weird that something that intense took me away from everybody for weeks. Um, is not 
more of a concern. Yeah. Like, it, I, it I don't know weird. how to feel like, I don't know how else to say, but like, it just doesn't feel like a concern to me either. And yeah, like you would know, you, you told me before that I walk differently. I thought that was super interesting. I think that's makes so much sense because I was pretty jumpy yeah. before, especially like when I was yeah. pretty heavy in use. Um, how can people support loved ones who are struggling? What is it that each of you find the most supportive and helpful? I mean, I hate to sound like a broken record, but the podcast, fucking podcast, man. yeah. But also, like, um, family hasn't been weird either. No, no. Like they have. Your family was so supportive, like very, very yeah. supportive, and not like the weird. Like, well, you got to support Chris because he's going. Like, yeah, been great. No one has said, "Oh, how are you doing?" You know, don't, they don't make it yeah, weird. Yep, yep. When when they ask like how I'm d- doing or like if I'm doing something, they want to see what uh, could help me help calm my mind in general. It's not, it's never alcohol, like addiction related. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So like mm-hmm. they, they, they throw stuff at me like that you would throw at anybody. It, it doesn't apply to addiction. I mean, it, it's not exclusively about addiction. Yeah. So I think that, and, and they haven't seemed like nervous that I'm, um, relapsing or anything like that either. Um, no, there's, I mean, there's been one family member who's been kind of weird about shit, but beyond that, um, but I think it's weird that it's not like scarier, right? Oh, that people aren't like, he's crystal sober yeah, yeah. or are you still sober? Yeah. I think cause everyone can see like that walk that they can see difference in you. Yeah. So I think we don't feel as concerned. Well, it's funny. I, I like said that I didn't want to be the guy that talks about addiction all the time, but I'm the guy that talks about addiction. You all the time. are. Yeah. So like, so it's, it's not just like assuming that people should know that I'm okay. I, I think I do a pretty good job of like making it apparent that if I'm talking about addiction, it's something that I learned or something that I feel would help them. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just, I don't know. Cause there's addicts that I've talked to that like seem almost like snob snobbish. Isn't exactly the right word, but like, I don't know. Like you ever felt judged by like a church goer. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that. Like if you're not in recovery the way that they think you should be in recovery, there's like a weird yeah. kind of thing. Um, and I don't feel like I do that. I, I think mean, we've had th- three people on who are recovered from a substance. substance yeah. And they all, all substances. Yeah. That's and I've true. never like, I, I pushed uh, James pretty hard because I'm like, if you're addicted to heroin, like the chance of relapse super high. Yeah. So I like really encouraged him to not do anything else, but he, I don't know, man. I think we're also ourselves learning about addiction. Yeah. Cause you're, you were using alcohol. You weren't using other substances. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, what, when I went in, I was. Yes, on yes, yes, yes. That's what I meant. Um, but all these other people use different substances than alcohol. You know? Yeah. 
So it's, I think we are still learning also about yeah. addiction and what sobriety can look like. So I feel like sobriety is very fluid where it can look different for everybody. Yeah. Well, I find myself saying this all the time now. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Because I'm genuinely like, I know what my shit looks like, but I don't know what other people's, that came out weird. I know what my addiction looked like. So I know the like feverish desire for anything. Like I texted Max one time and was like, Hey, do you have anything to snort? And like, I, I hadn't even been like doing cocaine. I just, just like, so the addiction was so like, just like a little, what are those little, uh, what are those little trolls that if you put water on them, they turn into gremlin gremlin. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a little fucking gremlin in my body. So for me, like I go, I can't let that guy gain any ground at all. The fact that you guys can do anything is super fascinating to me because it, yeah, it feels like there's just so much to learn because it, it lends to how, like our friend Jackie, like she brought up, um, you know, you can be addicted to food. You can be addicted to, to soda. Like it all applies really to, to how, especially like Americans live their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, fast food. Like, yeah, there's so many fucking things. Overconsumption. Overconsumption. Yeah. 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 Of some substances. Lack some of item. moderation. Yeah. People can get addicted to exercising. Absolutely. Yeah. For some reason, like when we find a good thing, we figure, we try to figure out how to monetize it. Mm -hmm. That is so common in society. The second that anybody caught wind that beer was cool and not just for rednecks, they fucking tried to capitalize on it. There's breweries everywhere. Yeah. Now that beer is a cool thing, um, it's, it's everywhere. And yeah, so like, like you were saying, like exercise can be that thing. Um, sports, like nothing can just be, I know. nothing can just be an enjoyable thing in that, in this one way. It has to be marketable mm-hmm. and, and the, yeah, it, it's a capitalist fucking society. It sure is. Any other questions? Um, It's funny we were just talking about that. Relationships. And I'm really, I'm oh, yeah. Curious. Okay, well, let her ask a question. Like a physiological I think both. So I think a little bit of everything. I think you can get addicted to something that's not necessarily a substance, and you crave that thing, and when you receive it, you have you know dopamine and all that released yeah people can be addicted to sex oh absolutely and Uh, you're releasing that dopamine when you get that well i mean we talked about exercise yeah yeah, yeah. sodas food the interesting with like the big takeaway for me like from having anna here was the relationships like how i for sure was so easy it is for a relation because you're told that you have that's so 
such a fine line when it comes to relationships because you're told how important commitment is and moving forward with your life and making a family and what the fuck does that look like and how how do you get there? Yeah. So. Sorry, gross. Do you have Corona? I hope so. I oh my God. I hope it's Corona work. light. Oh. Um, but yeah, the, the, like, so getting like thinking that you're getting closer to that goal. Right. Yeah. And if you think that this is the only path to that goal of like having a family and whatever you think is going to make you happy, yeah. like relationships are so easy to get addicted. Oh, to. I've, I can. Yes. Yep. Yep. I was. Yeah. Dude, a thousand percent me. Oh, you. So I'm, I'm, every, we joke and call you a man whore, but it's not that you were addicted to be in yep. and you get that that sensation when you're in that relationship and that person's telling you how much you they like you and all that and then you would get out of a relationship and find one right away or yeah yeah whatever. well because i romanticize the idea the concept that like like that whole grass is always greener on the other side like when you see movies where like somebody is in a relationship and it's dull and they meet somebody fun and like they're gonna show you how you should really live your life like that whole fucking thing i i thought that like some there was always some deeper connection i was always going to find somebody that had an even deeper capacity for love ain't no one got more deeper than me yeah that's a deep cavity <laughs> but i agree i think you can 100 percent be addicted to being in relationships yeah, yeah. anything and- if you if it can have if it can affect your life oh, how do you word it you know, I'm going to look up if the, it's detrimental to your I, lifestyle. Yes, 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 yes. That's yeah, what yeah. I, yeah. 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 If, yeah. If you're not able to function um, and go about your day the way that you intend to, um, any way that anything that disrupts that pattern. Yes. Yeah. Well, and the interesting thing with the relationships is that it's all of the things it's it could be genetic. Sure. Um, Biological. Yeah, yeah bi- biological. Um, it, it's but it's physical. It's chemical. It's like all of your yeah. sensory, like and more, because you're also because um, there's things that like instinctually, right? Sexual mm-hmm. attraction, yada yada. But then there's the fact that we're so self-aware. Like humans are very unique in that way. So it's not just when they're there. They take up your headspace and you're able, you fantasize about them. You can't wait to see them again. You Like an animal, if I smell it, it's here. If I don't smell it, it's not here. I'm not going to fucking worry about it. Like we don't get that option sometimes. Yeah. That person can completely engulf every aspect of yourself. Yeah. And then other things, video games. Yeah, for you sure. You get sensory from video games. People can be addicted to video games. Yeah. Games on your phone. Shopping. Oh, yeah. That high that you can feel. Like, I'll admit, when I get a good sale on something and you can see how much I saved, I get this feeling, almost this euphoria. Like, if I were drinking where you would get that euphoria, I get that yeah, sometimes man. from shopping. So I can see how people can get addicted to certain oh, yeah. things. 
um i i like made fun of online shopping like i could not understand people's um desire to constantly yeah to be or how you get addicted to online shopping i I didn't understand that um but amazon that's exactly i don't like we don't call it online shopping for some reason we call it amazon yeah but but you think of something or you're like at a store and be like, oh, I wonder if I can get it cheaper from Amazon. It becomes a thing. And it's so easy. It is, yeah. To but buy. You, yeah. But then you, you check out and you're like, oh, cool. You spend thousands of dollars while pooping. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I'm pooping and buying thousands of dollars. Lots of sensations when you do that. That's so weird to think. It is so weird. You could never do that back in the day. Couldn't be shitting and buy a house. You could be shitting, buy a house, be shitting in a different house the next day. Anyway. Sorry. Okay. I just, I want to be funny because today's been so goddamn dark. Yeah, it's been dark. (sighs) Well, if you got questions. Yeah, I was going to see. Did I tell you about that when, when Jake was here? So sorry. Listeners, we I, we just popped back into. We have one person that asks questions, and um, they they give great detail, and it's so it's so fun. It feels like they're here whenever I I watch those videos. Um, but when Jake was here, uh, we were talking about how like we're not gamblers, but we want to fucking gamble. I know. I feel like you're constantly trying to find that new thing to replace alcohol. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean. I think I think I'm so excited that I'm sober when I'm making these decisions that it feels like I have all of my sense about me. Mm. And so therefore I get to experience it for what it actually is rather than when you get drunk and convince yourself to do something or like it's it's way easier to convince yourself to do something. I'm sober. I have all of my faculties and I'm able to say, I want to, I actually want to do this. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that's a sensation that I really fucked up. So like, have you gotten that desire? Like I, as a sober man who loves my wife, really want to go to Ikea. No. And experience the full Ikea experience sober. I've experienced, experienced ikea sober um so that hasn't changed yet no okay i'm just checking i still hate people yeah which is ironic because i love people but you hate people but i hate people you're not addicted to people yet Mm. Mm, that's okay but i am but i'm not but i but yeah so that's just interesting to me because i i think i think i think about that in the sense that what does that feel like sober? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, I mean, when's the last time I went to a, a movie and didn't have at least a beer? Yeah. I think traveling is going to be different too, sober. That is probably the only thing that I'm like, I don't know what that looks like at all. Yeah. Because I every minute that we were in California, I was so fucking bored or pissed that I couldn't drink for whatever lapse of time that I couldn't drink. You know what I mean? Like if I had to drive from here to here and then I'm like, well shit. And then we're going to have to drive back. So I can't, I can't drink too much wherever the fuck we go. Like 
it encompassed like that entire trip. I was constantly thinking of how can I drink whatever amount with whatever activity we're doing and it not be a problem mm. or, or how do I convince you to, to like succumb to the fact that I'm going to be way more relaxed if I can drink at whatever thing we're doing. Yeah. Cause that concept is so, was so great to me. Like we're on vacation. We, for some reason should be able to drink with everything that we do. You think about Mexico, we could drink the entire fucking time. Mm-hmm. That was bananas. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, and we didn't have to go anywhere, so everything was already there. So, so trips like that, it's 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 weird to think about. Yeah, maybe we need to push those ones out for a while. No, 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 no. I, I didn't mean to word it like that. What I mean is, it's like in the same way that I didn't know what sobriety looked like when I was in the hospital. And I was you just like, don't know what traveling is going to look like. I don't, I don't know what that looks like and what that's going to feel like. Yeah. Because I associated every, every activity with, can I drink there or when will I be able to drink next? Can I, or can I not drink? And then when can I drink next? Was that was each activity was based around that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, man. So it's, that's the other weird thing is like Anna brought up like she didn't know that I was. Do you need to go pee pee? No, my back hurts and stuff. Just, stand up. I'm fine. You sure? Yeah. You don't want a pillow? No. Um, but Anna brought up that she didn't realize that I was using in high school. It just goes to show like how much my body wanted to be able to get away with using yeah that it was like hey man silly time when silly time is like okay mm-hmm. but if you want to be fucked up and do normal shit you need to learn how to act normal fucked up like smoking weed for basically two years straight and nobody knew i had no like obviously the people that would want to smoke with us new but like to the people that i didn't want to know they didn't know yeah it's which is super interesting it is interesting never got busted by a teacher never even close no, no suspicion at all it's 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 crazy man yeah it it's so when you think about how you have a friend who is able to hold their liquor. People say that a lot. Mm -hmm. So-and-so can really hold their liquor. Think about what their body is sacrificing to look like they're able to maintain whatever level of normalcy you think. Start to think about what their body is going through to be able to do that that's crazy yeah that's a lot of stress yeah you are you're you're man i can't because you're killing blood cells right while you're doing it and then your your mind is going into overdrive to try and make up for what you think you're it's just or if not then where is all of that going the next like you people talk about how they take horrendous 
shits, like horrendous bowel movements. Bowel movements. I don't know why it sounded weird. Um, like, you have no idea that they're actually saying like, oh, yeah, I drink a lot, but I absolutely destroy every bathroom that I go into. Their, their body is like just being ripped apart. Yeah. Holding your liquor needs to not be a, a cool thing anymore. Yeah, I know. It I should, think back that's to, a yeah. dangerous fucking thing. That's like I think back to when I was like in high school and drinking at parties and I had one friend, they called him, I'm not even going to say his name, um, but he could drink a lot. And I wasn't drinking a lot then. And I went through a whole 12 pack of beer to try and look cool that I can look at me. I'm a girl and I can out drink this guy who drinks all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah. So stupid. Like I blacked out. I was so sick. I felt like death. Like, you know, being a teenager and young and drinking that much alcohol. Like, come on. You're lucky you don't get alcohol poisoning doing yeah. stuff like that. And well, you and, don't and think of, people do. Hundreds of people do. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And... Yeah, man. I I hate to make it like everything sound like a potential for a horror story, but if you can accept the fact that every time you get into a car, you might die. Alcohol substances are no fucking different. Every time you, you use, have no you have idea for dying, which yeah. will and at which point that flip is going to that switch is going to flip. And now you're an addict. If you can accept that hurtling yourself at 80 miles an hour down a highway could turn into a multi-casualty thing. It shouldn't be a far stretch to think that just because it hasn't happened yet in your life. Mm -hmm. It does not mean that it can't happen. It's like people I can text and drive. I've done it forever. Oh dude. Yeah. yeah. You, yeah, you could yet at one point you can kill someone. It's yeah. Things like that. It's always a possibility. Oh yeah. I don't I, like I'm like hearing people say like, I'm, I'm glad I don't have a problem, <laughs> which a couple of people have said to you. Yeah. And I know that they're not that what they're trying to say is like, I hate that you went through that. I'm glad you're a lot nicer than me. Cause I'd be like, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I just, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad I don't have schizophrenia. I'm glad. Like, how could you, would you say that to someone with schizophrenia? Yeah, but it's, they're more saying like, Oh fuck. Yeah, but you still win. I don't know. Okay. What are we at? Well, it's, it's I'm also itchy like, and uncomfortable. Yeah? You got ants in your pants? No, I really feel like yucky. Yeah, I know. We talked about a lot. A lot of yucky shit. I, I don't want to let go of this episode because I know that when I pick my phone up, there's going to be more coming yucky. out. Yeah. And uh, I'm Maybe just really not looking forward to it. Put your phone away for the night. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. People like look around at who is closest to you right now and say at least one reason why you are so close to them. That is a thought experiment for this episode. When you're done listening, think of those how three or five people however many and say at least one reason why they are so close to you why or why you're so close to them and um 
yeah, just try to try to appreciate that you have that type of relationship in your life and, and that you're able to recognize why they're important. And think of who would be in your support system if you could pick a support system right now. The That's a good, yeah, yeah, yeah. They always say like, who would you want on an island with you or whatever? Yeah, yeah your support system who will have your back no matter what. Say yeah. you, if you're in recovery or if you're currently addicted or your family, uh, you have a family member, loved one, anything like that friend, think of who's in your support group because those are going to be the people there for you. Yeah. Well, and like, and tell them what you appreciate about them. Yes, I think that's, what that's I was the thing say. is that you have all these people around you, but remind them why you you're so appreciative of them. And you, it's amazing what they'll say back. Yeah. Get over that. Like, so do that thought experiment, get over the fear of that awkwardness of telling them that and just fucking do it. Yeah. It's good to hear it being on the other end when people say positive things yeah. about you. Cause you well, I've said it for years, how I, I'm not afraid to tell my friends that I love them. Yeah. I'm lucky that like the comics that I'm friends with, like, adapted to that really quickly because they recognize like that that's an important thing sincerity yep. yeah sincerity absolutely yep. yep so reach out to some people and tell them what you appreciate them especially with how dark and awful the world is right now it's always actually been dark and awful we're just no, we just know more about the dark and awful <sighs> yeah. stuff now but it's, it's easier to flip turn those rocks over yeah yeah just tell people and be kind to each other and reach out to your friends and tell them the things that you love and appreciate yeah. about them. And it might brighten their day. They might read something awful that's happening and reading that and knowing that someone loves them. Well, and it, it opens the, it opens the opportunity for the conversation to say, I didn't know that I needed that in my life. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that I needed to have that sense of security of knowing that somebody does have my back. But now that I do know that I want to reciprocate the shit out of that. Yeah back to you so it 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 creates much much deeper relationships not, not that they have to be like super deep but just knowing that this is so fucking funny uh, uh so, so i'm watching the the nerd <clears throat> comics explaining guy right and uh hulk gets sent to this planet and there's uh like gladiators and they have to fight you know mm -hmm. how gladiator shit works and uh, at one point, there's, uh, I think it's like seven of them left. They've gone through all of these different stages and defeated all of these different people. Hulk does, only knows them because he's a slave and has to be in these fucking battles. Same with these other guys. But just before the final battle, they commit to being war bound to each other which is to say we survive together, we die together. Wow. And that, that idea of war bound, which is to say, you know, the concept come hell or high water, mm -hmm, heard mm -hmm, people say mm -hmm. that, like if there's an opportunity to just know that, to, to just know that somebody feels that way, doesn't mean that you therefore now have all of these super deep conversations all the time, but just the reassurance of that knowledge is super powerful so on father's day i usually just tell my dad happy father's day does this have to do with hulk at all well my dad could be the hulk okay good. um but i'm like you know what 
I usually just say happy Father's Day, love you. And then he's just like, thanks. That's just kind of been what we do. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to say something different. I'm going to reach out to him differently. Um, and if you've listened to the podcast in previous episodes, me and my dad have not had the best relationship growing up. I'm still learning from it. You know, we're trying to work together. I don't hold grudges, you know, um, cause I've seen a lot of good in him. Um, let me, here it is. So what did I say? It said, happy father's day. Thank you for putting up with me. Even when I was a pain in the butt, I appreciate you and I love you. And he goes, thank you for that. Have a safe week. And I love you also. Oh, not. I was like, wow. He doesn't say I love you very much. He never. Yeah. But even saying thank you for saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think we had such a, I never tell him I appreciate him. Mm. And I think that may have, you know, yeah, I can say happy Father's Day. What does that mean? But putting that appreciate, and it it was very small. I could have texted him something longer. I actually planned on emailing him a long thing about like how we've grown together and how I was, I wasn't easy. My dad, you know, he had a hard time with me. I, I left out a lot of stuff when in my history, I was a very difficult teenager because of Uh traumas that I've went through. Oh, sure. So I pushed him away a lot because I hated men. Right. So, but, um, no, just that made my whole day like, oh my gosh. He said, love you. And there were times where you were pitted against him. Yeah. Yeah. But just that I don't, I am sure I bright it made his day brighter just by saying, letting him know that I appreciated him yeah. and I knew I was hard on him and I never, I've never admitted that I was a pain in the butt. I always joke about it, but just saying like, yeah, I was a pain. I appreciate you and I love you. Well, yeah, that just goes back to just knowing means the world yeah. to people. Yeah. yeah. And I can, yeah. And you guys might not talk for another two weeks, but no, we've actually he, been in contact. Well, a lot. No, I'm, no, I'm saying yeah. like two weeks could go by, but he would still know that, that you feel that way yeah, and that you appreciate him in that way makes them feel better. Yeah. In general. Yeah. yeah. I'm all itchy now too. I keep imagining yeah. that there's okay. ants on me. Yeah. All right. I just wanted to record a little longer cause I don't know if I'm going to leave some of that stuff in the beginning in or not. Okay. But That's I'm fine. glad that I got to say it. and It's out there. And you, yeah. yeah. Maybe we start doing a, a Patreon. So like Tiger Belly does this thing where things that they can't say in like the YouTube episodes, they'll release in these Patreon episodes. Mm. Um, so maybe we'll do something like that where some yeah. of the... Well, I'm fine with you guys hearing shit. If you pay me for it. <laughs> no, we can just do mini episodes. No, I know. I'm, or we can, even those kinds of things we can put back on regular Duck Duck Grey Duke as the regular podcast and leave. Yeah, maybe. Just try and separate. But yeah. I mean, I think those dark, dark things are things that could trigger someone to relapse. So it's good to talk about these dark yeah, things because yeah, it yeah. can be triggering into a relapse and getting it out there. Yeah. Well, yeah. So the, it doesn't matter if you guys hear what the fuck I'm talking about or not. But sitting across from Kim and looking her in the eyes while I'm trying to process process this shit. Process. Yeah. yeah. It's it's um scheduled time like undivided attention to me trying to figure that shit out. Not grabbing snacks and we're chit chatting or like I'm taking a shower and we're talking like it's it, it this table, that's what this shit is for. Like 
it's just that just processing just thinking just trying to be better do the next right thing yeah do the next so that that makes a a big fucking difference whether it gets heard or or not yeah okay well yeah i'm not gonna say it because i always screw it up oh it's fine here you know what i'll say it and then can i say it yeah or is it screwed up no 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 just wait a second after I say it, and then it'll be all yours. And with that, we will pass. And with that, we will pass. Beautiful. I love you. I love you. I'm itchy. <laughs>